welcome to the Diet Detox Podcast. I'm your host, Margaret Berry, a functional nutritional therapy practitioner, master TTAP trainer, and mother of two. I'm joined by my co-host, Victoria Wilkes, a fellow intuitive eater, passionate TTAPer, and mother of two. Each week, we want to empower you with new information about the way our bodies and minds work together to bring us into balance when we are well-nourished and well-fed. Victoria and I are not only good friends, but we are also lucky enough to be sisters-in-law. So join us as we discuss topics such as body image, intuitive eating, women's health, pregnancy and postpartum nutrition, the science behind nutrition and exercise, and so much more. Remember our disclaimer, the materials and content within this podcast are intended as general information only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Now let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Diet Detox Podcast. I'm your host, Margaret Berry, and this is my sister-in-law, Victoria Wilkes. Who's knitting as usual. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) though we're apart today, knitting as usual over there. (laughs) Yes. And you guys, well, I don't know when this is going to release exactly, but we started this podcast, when was it? Late January, I think? I think so, yeah. And now it is uh, April, like early April. And of course, we're at the height of the, well, we think, the height of the (laughs) COVID-19 coronavirus stuff. So we're apart because of that. But yeah. (sighs) But yeah, how have you been, Victoria? I've been doing well. It's been very weird to be away from everybody and I'm getting kind of desperate to just get some other view than the house. Yes. Um, <laughs> like we went, we, we decided to eat out last night, um, to go get takeout and, uh, Galen, my husband was just going to go get it. And I said, babe, can I please come with you? So <laughs> We all rode around town just to go pick up takeout. And I was like, wow, tree. <laughs> yep. People. <laughs> yes. That's like when I went, um, I went to pick up my um, high country food hub order, which was very strange because I hadn't been out in public where like there's, you know, uh, six feet between everybody and everything. It was just kind of a strange, odd thing, yeah. but it was like, I was like, people, there's I people. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, it was just quite funny. I was like, wow, man, look at all of these people. And, and, I you know, <laughs> that's exactly yeah. what I am. And so I'm looking forward to record tonight just to have somebody to talk to, you know? And yeah. Like, yeah. Social interaction. <laughs> exactly. Definitely. Well, we'll start out with our normal uh, segment, which is the what have you been eating recently that's really good. So you want to start with that? Yes. Um, and I will kind of introduce that a little bit with when this COVID-19 stuff started. I was also in the middle of doing like a deep spring cleaning of my house and mm-hmm. uh, getting really into learning about different schooling methods because I'm planning on homeschooling my daughter and she's three Um, and so I was, I was already at a high level kind of, of, of happy stress, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then 19 stuff happened. And and so then my milk supply, cause I'm nursing my six month old, I have a three month old daughter and a six month old son, Eleanor and Jack. Um, and my milk supply started to drop, which it was very scary because it was, it was dropping steeply really quickly. Mm -hmm. And kind of troubleshoot, troubleshot, troubleshot. 
people shoot it? That doesn't make any sense. Um, I know what what you mean though. (laughs) You know what I mean. And realized it was probably a combination of stress and under eating because I'd just been so busy. I wasn't Mm -hmm. noticing that I, I, and I was also having dizzy spells from not eating. So all that is to say that my, my goal last week or the week before, whenever the supply dropped was just calories, calories, calories. Yep. <laughs> and so I was thinking, okay, well, what sounds good? That's really high calories. And, um, this is something that I used to eat when I was pregnant a lot. And then I just didn't want it for a while. And now I've been craving it is potato chips and sour cream and onion. Dip. Oh yes. It's yes. so good. And I know, and, and whenever I sit down to eat it, sometimes I'm like, well, this doesn't have that much nutrition, but I'm like, you know what? I've got a lot of calories and a lot of fat and carbs. And I'm just really thankful for it. So, oh yeah. I've been eating lately to, um, and it's just delicious. I've been, uh, craving it really, which is Yum. interesting. That's I honestly, I, I think I remember, um, wasn't it Galen? I think he used to make that at the farm when I was still living at home. He used to make his version. It was either him yes. or Sullivan, but yes, I, I love that stuff too. And now that you said it, I'm going to be like, mm, I've got some sour cream in there. I think I got some <laughs> minced onion and everything else. <laughs> what about you? What have you been enjoying lately? Well, I have been really into, uh, these chocolate covered almonds from uh, I was going to say Trader Joe's. We don't have the luxury of a Trader Joe's up here, people. Um, uh, yes, the chocolate-covered almonds from Aldi. And it's, they're so good. And I, they're, I don't know. They're just the perfect combination of being a you know, salty, crunchy almond with the chocolate. And I, you know, I, I will eat the entire container over the course of just like a couple of days. And it's a pretty big container. But uh, that my amazing. husband will. Hudson will always, which is my Hudson, uh, my husband Hudson will always, he will always be like, wait a minute. You know, I thought, didn't I just buy these? And I'm like, yeah, you did, but <sighs> sorry. That, that was like us with the sour cream. Cause I was having the, the dip and, and Eleanor started, my daughter, uh, got really into it, which is always dangerous to introduce her to a new thing because <laughs> she, she can eat as much as I can of certain things. Mm-hmm. And so we've been going through it doubly fast. So we went through a pound of sour cream in like four or five days. <laughs> it was crazy. Uh, you're just like, it, that's, it's dangerous introducing. Um, well, I say dangerous just because it, it impedes or it <laughs> infringes upon my stash. Of exactly. Stuff. Like Roxana really likes kombucha a lot. She will, if she sees <laughs> it in the refrigerator, she just starts going, bucha, 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 bucha. And she's, um, she's two. So she loves it. And I got the, um, well, I'll save that one for that episode, that for another episode of the, the, this other thing that I've been liking, but yeah, I, I, uh, she's been drinking the kombucha, just drinks it like water if I let her. So, <laughs> but yeah. So I guess that's, that's a good, that's a good segue. I was just saying, that's a good segue <laughs> to our topic, which is we're going to talk about toddlers and kids and intuitive eating and kind of the mechanics of it and what we've experienced as moms so far. Um, just some interesting ideas surrounding that, because this is something we both have been thinking about recently. Um, me, because I have, you know, I have a two-year-old and a, how old is he? Eight month old. Um, and yeah, so I'm feeding kids a lot of the day. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, and I would 
to say, I mean, I don't, I don't want to speak for you, but it, this is kind of, this is kind of, um, drawing on the science and the, yeah. And if you can hear any background noise, it's because, you know, I'm recording at home with my family. So, right. Yes. I was, I was going to say to disclaimer, you know, my, my daughter and my husband are in the other room reading a bedtime story. So (laughs) that might, that might come on the mic, but people understand. (laughs) Yes. Everybody else is at home with their families right right now. Exactly. Um, but as just kind of a disclaimer, this isn't like, I don't know of any studies on intuitive eating and toddlers and children eating to appetite and that kind of thing. Um, I think it kind of, we're, we're pulling from, um, all the vast amount of studies and information and anecdotal evidence and logic from adult intuitive eating. Yes. And we're applying it to our children because why would you not, why would you believe something strongly yourself and then not apply it to your children? Um, Mm -hmm. so there's not like, I don't know. I feel like we, we often point to different research and studies, and this is more of just like, Hey, this is, this is logic here. Yes. Like, think about it, think about it, listen to our other episodes about intuitive eating, um, as an adult. And this is kind of like how to start your kids off, you know, cause a lot of our diet detox is how to detox your brain from the diet mentality and the diet culture. And this is like how to start your child without having to have all that baggage. Exactly. It's starting them without all of the um, baggage and hangups that the rest of us might have just because of our bumbling through life (laughs) where we realize, (laughs) Oh, why was I thinking about food like that? But yeah. And kids are, I mean, I think just, this is my opinion. I think kids are kind of a clean slate anyway, so to speak, <laughs> you know, yeah. they're there. And, and also with the intuitive eating, we were talking about this earlier. It's a very natural thing. They are very children in general and babies are very intuitive. If you watch them, how they're eating, um, they're just, sometimes they'll be doing things that are strange that you're like, they're eating a bunch of mangoes today, <laughs> or right. it's a food that they pick that they just go crazy on. And then, and then they move along to the next thing. And, and I know that some of you listening might have toddlers and be like, yes, for sure. They have weird eating habits. And I understand because I've been through that with, you know, various phases that my daughter has um, gone through. I only have, well, she eats a fair amount of solid foods. Ethan, he, he, of course, he's uh, eight months old and he just started on solids. Right. So she's been eating solids right. for, you know, close to a year. So year and a half. Yeah. My, my little guy just started. I just started because um, he's turning six months old tomorrow. I started him this past week on solids, not so much for nutrition at first because he doesn't like any of it. Yeah. <laughs> spinning around, making faces. <laughs> Today I was cutting up an avocado in front of him and he, I didn't even give it to him and he was watching me cut it up and he was making faces. <laughs> I was like, Jack, you haven't even tried it yet. But, um, but yeah, just for like the textures and flavors and stuff, but I've definitely gone through the ringer with um, my daughter's appetites of like where she just won't eat for mm-hmm. about a week. And all of a sudden she's eating as much as I am. And it, it can be shocking how it widely it can vary. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It, it really, it just varies so much depending. It's almost changes like the weather, you know, where you're just like, what, <laughs> what, what are they doing? And, but yet they, they are very intuitive in that they know how to stop when they're full. You know, right. you've ever seen a little kid eating, They'll, they'll eat and then they're kind of like, I'm done. Or, you know, you could have 
for example, something that's more sweet, like a cupcake or something. And we, we should talk about this too, um, just mm-hmm. with how kids, you know, when you have something, for example, in the house, like that you maybe don't have in it a lot, like for us, we don't really have cereal a lot. So mm-hmm. I was going to share this story about my daughter where we had a box of this chocolate. It's the love, I think love grown cereal. Oh my gosh. I love it. I know. <laughs> Oh, good. Um, but it's like the bean and the rice cereal. It, it sounds disgusting, but it believe oh, it's me, amazing. it's amazing. It's so good. And I, I have gotten amazing. it and I, you know, I had it in, you know, in the pantry and we don't normally get it just because I'm always thinking about other, other things to spend my grocery dollar on nice. like chocolate <laughs> chips, for example. Um, but, <laughs> so I had it in there in the pantry and she of course saw it and was like, what's that? What's that? And I was like, this is cereal. Do you want to try some cereal? And she was like, yeah. So I I fixed her some in a little cup and she, you know, ate through it in record time and was like, can I have some more? And I was like, sure, go ahead. You know, and I got her some more. And so I think that was, she had two or three cups of cereal that day. And then the next day, the first thing she woke up in the morning was like, cereal, cereal, cereal. And I was like, okay, I can either be like, we're not having the cereal. The cereal is for special occasions and who will like make it all weird. Or I could just go, you want some cereal? You can have some. And so, you know what What? I did? I gave her cereal those, those two days where she was obsessed with the cereal. And it was about, you know, we ate, she and I, of course, let's not lie. I ate it too. (laughs) We had eaten, you know, about half of the box. And so day three, I was like, hey, Roxanne, do you want some cereal? Because she hasn't asked. I knew what her answer was going to be. She was like, no, I don't want it. Right. And I was like, all right. And and so she's not, I mean, the cereal, I'm not even kidding you, is still in the pantry and there's like a quarter of it in there. And she's just like, no, I, I know what that's like. I'm done with it for now. I don't I don't want it right now. Exactly. And it just, yeah. it's, I, I think that um, something that I've realized with her is that, um, and kids in general, and and adults too this applies to adults when you're obsessive about something and you kind of you know put it on a pedestal like we only have this at you know at this particular time and you know this particular place and this particular amount then you kind of I don't know it does something to our brains where we start to obsess with it and that is documented and I'm not saying like at Easter time, we only have Easter eggs. I'm not saying that. I'm, like, I'm just talking about in general, you know, just with foods yeah. that we tend to go, oh, we can't have it at that time of place. But by just, I, I kind of was just very neutral about it. And I was just mm-hmm. doing it kind of as an experiment to see because she's not, you know, we don't have that in the house a lot. And I just was curious what she was going to do. And right. she just kind of, you know, had it, had her fill and was just, I don't want any more. <laughs> I tried right. to get and it to her yesterday and she just she ate like two and was like mm, I don't want any more I'm like okay that's, that's exactly what has happened with my daughter and the, the temptation is especially for someone who's had restrictive behaviors in the past or disordered eating or eating disorders or whatever mm-hmm. whatever your history is mine you know in particular my kind of fear food was always sugar mm-hmm. and so I was very nervous to introduce my daughter to sugar because I thought, well, you have to have external controls on sugar, right? You know, your, your kids will just go crazy because it's addictive and all this. And so I made a mistake of making sugar special mm-hmm. at first with my daughter when she was probably about Roxanna's age, maybe around two years old. Mm-hmm. Um, she got, uh, gummies for Christmas, you get little, little, little packets of gummies, you know, individual packets. And 
she, it was the day after Christmas and she was just blazing through them. I don't even know. She ate like five packs or something Mm -hmm. and I panicked and, you know, not in, not externally panicked, but internally panicked. And I was like, okay, we're done with gummies. She was like, but I want more. I want more. And I was like, no, 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 no. We'll have some more tomorrow. So I put limits on the gummies, which is very interesting because it's not just sugar. Like she, if I offer her say, I don't know, we have chocolate chips at the house all the time. Mm -hmm. She'll see it and be like, Oh, can I have some chocolate chips? So sure. She'll have some, I made homemade marshmallows the other day. She is not interested. (laughs) homemade cookies, you know, that kind of thing. Like, meh, she'll eat half and I'll find the other half lying around. But gummies, she was obsessed with. Uh-huh. And it's because I put those limits on it because I got scared. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, well, you can't just trust your kids with everything with the food. You know, they, you know, yes. it's, it's real at some point. And then so I made it a big deal. So this past um, year, I was like, okay, I failed. That was, that was wrong way to go about that particular candy, putting limits on it. And so this, uh, year I've kind of been working on making it really not a big deal. Mm-hmm. We have, uh, uh, one of those massive boxes from Costco of gummy packs. And we've just got them up in the closet upstairs. And anytime she sees it, she's like, Ooh, can I have some? And like, I don't remember yesterday, I think it was, she hadn't even had breakfast yet. And I was like, Oh, sure. You can have some. And it's just trying to make it not a huge deal. Yes. Yes. You use the word neutral. And I think that's the, the, the key word of. Yes. Because of course food doesn't have a morality. (laughs) Right. Food is not like, it doesn't have a morality. It's not like, yeah. Cause I think that a lot of people get in their head about that as an adult and then it transfers to the kid, you know? Oh yeah. And, and I just think that it can create a lot of unnecessary uh, just anxiety around food and just weird stuff with food that, you know, it's going to affect them later on too. And, and of course, exactly. interesting to say here as well, my daughter uh, eats pretty much anything <laughs> she will, you know, and there's times when she'll go through a strike where she's like, I don't want those sardines mom, which she normally likes. <laughs> and that's something that, um, yeah, it's, it's worth uh, discussing too is just that it can be scary sometimes to be like, well, they're not eating. Like they're, they're, they're not really hungry today. Like, like my son, for example, talking about babies now, um, mm-hmm. going from toddlers to more of the babies, like starting solids. So when he first started solids, he would not stop eating. I could feed him <laughs> and feed him and feed him and feed him. And he was still nursing as much as he normally did and gaining weight and everything. But he just was eating and eating and eating and eating. I literally, had to just be like, I, I don't want to be here all night. Like, and I would be like, I think he might be done. And that was one of those times where I was like, okay, I think he's just, he's just really hungry at this phase. So I would feed him a lot. And then he kind of calmed down. And now he's a little bit more, a little bit more picky, I guess is the term where he's kind of like, what is this mom? Why are you putting this on my plate? I like, you know, these things or applesauce. He really likes applesauce too. But um, it's just funny because for that stage, he just, he would just eat it as fast as you could fork it in his mouth. And eventually, I mean, it would take him a while. There was only one time where he just was still going strong, you know, half hour later. (laughs) And, um, And there was only one time that he was still doing that, but he would, most of the time he would get, you know, he'd start refusing. He would just, Uh you know, go, "Eh," you know, turn his head to the side and, you know, away from the spoon and be like, I don't want any, or just start throwing it on the floor. And that was my cue. Okay, we're done. So 
moving right. on. And I think this is an interesting thing to say is that you can set the tone for your child's um, trust or mistrust of their fullness and their hunger signals, starting with solids. When you start mm-hmm. solids, a lot of, I think you think of a, of a baby being spoon fed by the mother and the mother's like making airplane sounds and, <laughs> you know, open up, open up. And the kid's trying to refuse and the mom's like forcing it in kind of. So uh, the, tr- the traditional kind of way is here's a portion that we're going to feed the baby and we're going to get it in by golly, you know, whether they're, whether they're refusing or not, whether they're trying to spit it out or they're trying to throw it on the floor and you just keep offering and offering and offering and you kind of bribing and you're, um, you know, yeah, you're teaching them by doing that, that kind of classic method, I guess, of, of starting solids with babies, you're teaching them to push past their fullness signals. Yes for the sake of emotion or for the sake of bribery, like, Hey, if you eat this, I'll give you a bite of this thing you really like. And, right. um, you're teaching them to push past satiety, which is not what we want to be doing. We want to be teaching the child, like they're just trust, trust their appetite and teach them to trust their appetite. Mm-hmm. Yes. And from the beginning and not be like, Oh, you're going to, you can eat all that. I mean, you know, when they get older and then it's just like, oh, facepalm. <laughs> Don't say, well, are you going to eat all that? You know, oh, you're eating a lot. What? Oh, the, you know, it's just those kind of comments are not, to be, speaking from experience, those kind of comments are, they're not helpful, you know, especially for, yeah. for uh, let me just say it, for girls. Like that's just, yeah. the boys, I mean, it's all, it's all well and fine. Oh, wow. You're such a big eater. Such a big boy. Right. You know, so. But there, there is, I mean, I've had family members, um, tell Eleanor to her face and she was eating, uh, you know, candy and cause that's her, I don't know. She likes it. If it's around, that's her favorite thing to snack on. And then it's just not a huge deal and yeah. she'll eat some and then go eat something else, whatever. But somebody literally told her she needed to be careful for her figure. She's three years old. What? She's oh. three years old. Oh. And, and that kind of thing is what I'm saying of that people. Oh. And it was, it was kind of, it was kind of as a joke right. of like, oh, you gotta watch, watch the candy intake, you know, gotta, gotta maintain your figure. Mm-hmm. And, and I stared at them like, what, See, <laughs> what is a figure? Jokes, yeah. <laughs> jokes. Honestly, if you're sensitive of all that kind of thing, it'll just be like, but they're actually serious, you know, when they get older, but three, like <laughs> a three-year-old, like, I'm just like, my <laughs> mind is going, what? So, yeah. I know, but, but that kind of thing happens and, and you'll see, you know, they'll be seeing a movie and there'll be a comment in a cartoon that they're watching or, um, that kind of thing. Like it, the, the messages are already coming in at three years old. Mm-hmm. And so make sure that at home, the way you're teaching them, especially if you're, you know, interested in this topic and in this podcast, because you've had issues with food, you really want to make sure that you're starting them out in a kind of a neutral place mm-hmm. remembering to not teach them to be afraid of food or yes. Yes. push their hunger signals or associate a bunch of negative emotions or positive emotions with food. And not to say that you can't ever like I, my favorite treat is ice cream because I don't get it very mm-hmm. often. Like it's not can't have favorite foods or anything. There's a big difference between that and the obsession. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. With, with yes, exactly. Because if you're if you raise them with the balance, you won't have the. I'm saying you won't, but you know, like generally, you won't have the either extreme 
kids who like you had on here will only eat box mac and cheese, which, you know, or chicken nuggets, you know, they will only eat those or the other extreme, you know, whatever that the kids raised by the extreme health nuts who themselves are very, very obsessed with food and purity of food and got to be the green smoothies three times a day and all that kind of jazz, you know? I know. And I know families on both of the spectrum and neither, neither one is healthy. You got to have the balance. And the best way to have that balance is just to treat food is not a big deal because it's not a big deal. We're thankful for it. We enjoy it. We sit down, we're thankful. We're happy while we eat. We're talking and fellowshipping and the, and the food is to be thankful for, but not. Yes. And when you're thankful for the food, this is something interesting too. And you're thankful for the food as a kid, when you're just taught, let's be thankful for our food you're probably going to eat a more variety of food that your mama puts on your plate. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, cause you yeah. do health. Both of us care about health. We care about the health of our children, but you can, I think that it, you usually think of it in the two extremes of like, well, if you're either your kid is going to be eating pop tarts all yes. day yes, uh, or you're going to be super restrictive health nut mom who only feeds them bran muffins right. or whatever. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. And neither is, is I would argue very healthy for your kid's mental development around food as well as the physical, like actual food right. itself. Cause again, the, the, one of the more overlooked parts of the wellness culture is the, the mental and emotional awareness around food, because it's not just about the food and it's really not about the food. It's about, (laughs) it's about so much around that. So, and it definitely applies to kids too. And I'm not sure how you do it at your house. It sounds like it's similar with the way you handle the cereal, but in my, uh, kind of, I just wanted to kind of give a practical, because I remember feeling very lost when Eleanor started um, eating solids, mm-hmm. I was like, how do I go about this? Cause I know that I don't want to raise her in the traditional way with food where we can only have food at these certain times and these certain amounts and all this yes. stuff. I knew I didn't want that, but I didn't know how to go about doing this, you know, like how, how to go about the food strikes and the, uh, you know, five packs of gummies straight after, you know, one after another, how, how to handle that, how to navigate mm-hmm. it. Um, so I've made mistakes along the way, cause it's been trial and error, but how do you kind of practically, like, how do you handle food throughout the day? Does she ask you for it? Do you, are you like, Hey, here's, here's your snack, here's your meals. Or does she wander into the pantry? Like, how do yes. you handle it? So with Roxanne? right now I would say it's kind of a, hybrid because she definitely will tell me when she's hungry (laughs) but of course she will actually go over to the pantry or open up the fridge and she'll be like salami clementine but you know she just she just is like this is what i want and usually that ends up being three meals and two snacks and that's usually what it ends up being sometimes she forgets because you know she's got she's got busy stuff to do she's a busy two-year-old she doesn't have time to eat sometimes <laughs> you know so she just but yeah it's I would say it's kind of a um kind of a hybrid right now because I will remind her like hey it's time for lunch let's go sit down and sometimes she might not be hungry because she ate a snack you know two hours before or an hour before and that's okay I'm not gonna be like okay force you to force you to eat all of your food no, oh and but... clean your plate oh let's talk about clean your plate oh right it's, it's interesting it's interesting that um I was just thinking today because I knew we were going to be recording this podcast tonight. I was hyper aware 
of Eleanor's interactions with food all day long. It was just interesting to see how um, very much like her whole life is right now. It's kind of all over the board and sporadic Mm -hmm. and, Ooh, ooh, let's eat this. Ooh, let's eat this. Ooh, let's, you know, ooh, this. And then, and then, uh, it's, it's just interesting that I was watching, you know, watching her interact with food and it's, it's not a big deal, but it is something I think because she's going through a period of wanting to eat Mm -hmm. more where, you know, sometimes I can't, she doesn't want to eat. Um, and in cases like that, I don't force her. I'm not like, Hey, eat your food. I'm what I say is whenever we're at the dinner table is, Hey, it's dinner time right now. So if you're hungry, this is your chance. Cause it's about mm-hmm. to be bedtime. And we're, once this food is put away, you're going to right. bed. Yes. Because I don't, she's, she's used it before to like extend yeah, bedtime yeah. and hungry. And you know, and it's like, well, you had your right. chance. So there are limits that you have to put just because that's mm-hmm. life. Like, like, Hey, it's dinner time. This is your opportunity. But if she's like, Hey, I'm not hungry. Sometimes she won't eat a single bite and we're completely fine with that. in our yes. family, I'm like, that's fine. You don't, you don't have to eat it. It's going to sit there on her plate available until bedtime. And then we put it in the sink. We're like, we're done. Right. Um, but yeah, just to give some people's kind of practical tips. Um, that's, that's kind of how I do like you do with mm-hmm. Roxana. And that's how, that's how I do with Eleanor lately, because I've had so many other things going on. Um, and especially with Jack, he's been really needy this past week. Um, she has been asking me for the food. And sometimes I feel bad because I'm like, honey, I cannot help you right now with food. You're going to have to get it yourself. So she, I have like an open fridge, open pantry policy, um, things of like, uh, I do want her to ask before she opens the fridge because otherwise she just sits and wastes all the energy (laughs) of the fridge to waste the cold air. But, um, she can go in and get herself. Like I put snacks low to where she can reach them and like, Hey, can I have some almond crackers? That's fine. Hey, can I have an orange? Can I have some chips? Can I have, um, peanut butter scoop? Can I have candy? Can Mm -hmm. I have like, whatever it is, I try to make sure that it's within reach for her. And there's, I can't really think of anything that she is not allowed to have. Mm -hmm. Um, Aside from I'm, I'm introducing her to gluten as we speak. Yeah. And so she, since that's the new and shiny food, she's wanting that all the time. And I'm like, I'm sorry, it's, I'm giving you it in smaller portions, slowly increasing portions to see if you have any reactions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's trying, trying to be as balanced as possible, as neutral as possible while still having some parameters like her, her favorite thing is to snack like crazy at five o'clock and then not be hungry at six o'clock. So I've personally created a no more snacks after five because we're about to have food and she will just, she'll eat a whole meal and snacks and then not eat dinner. Um, and so it's, it's personal too. You have to know your child and, um, it's not like you'll be kicked off of the intuitive club. parameters around food whatsoever. Right. Oh, yes. You know what I and mean? I totally agree. Yeah. I think that the goal is, you know, it's, it's to raise a eater who is confident and who can self-regulate, naturally self-regulate and be able to, you know, know when they're hungry, know when they're full, you know, and, and it not to 
take over their mind <laughs> as it has so many children and adults with, with food stuff, you know, with, oh, this is, this has too many calories. This has too much fat. This has too, you know, all of that noise um, that just right. goes on in our heads, thanks to our culture. So, Yeah. And, and I think that some parents think that if you just say it a nicer way, if you say it in a more politically correct way, oh, well, this food is more nourishing. So this is what we're going to eat. You, they still are getting the message. And, I, and this is, I've fallen this, like I said, because it's mostly trial and error that I've done with yeah. Eleanor so yeah, far. Yeah. Um, and I'm curious, final- yeah, I'm curious to how it's going to play out um, as yeah. my daughter and my son will get older. And um, I think that it will just, I mean, cause I was thinking about this the other day, like when they get older and they they might, you know, they're, they're going to be making their own food choices. And of course, if they're eating here with me, I'm going to be cooking what I'm going to cook. <laughs> and that's, what's going to be on the table. But you know, it's just, I was just thinking about that, that, you know, as they're growing up, they're, they're going to have that um, framework that I've helped them with to kind of learn, you know, learn their hunger and fullness. But of course, if you're at home with me, you're going to eat what I'm, what I'm serving. And, and I was even, I read from one of, um, one of the people I follow that was talking about kids and intuitive eating. Um, this, this gal, she was saying that if you're a parent, you know, you choose, you're choosing in large part, you know, what you're offering or what you have in your pantry. And, Mm -hmm. um, if some, if some kid is like, um, you know, for their lunch, they, they're asking for something that you don't have on your plate. You can be like, well, you know, maybe we're going to eat that. We can, I think that her exact phrasing was that's not on the menu right now, but we can plan that for your snack or we can plan that for your dinner, you know, so that they don't have to, because, you know, some kids might feel like they have to eat everything on their plate to get the thing that they want and kind of, kind of being like there are other meals sort of giving them the freedom, like there's other meals in this day. You don't have to eat it all right now, you know? So. Exactly. uh, Mm -hmm. Eleanor, it can be overwhelming sometimes of how frequently she asks um, to get stuff. And that's why I try to make it easily accessible. But sometimes I feel like I'm saying no a lot just because I can't stop and make the food. or like you just said, like for breakfast, her, her big thing for breakfast is she'll say, Hey, can I have a banana? I'll say, Oh, sure. She'll peel it and start eating it. She'll take one bite. Oh, Hey, can I have a chewy ball? Which is like a little peanut butter Mm -hmm. oats, honey energy ball that we make. Um, and I'm like, Oh, sure. You can have that. And then she's like, Hey, can I have, and I'm like, wait a minute. You've, you've only taken one bite of each of you need. And so sometimes not because one food is for dessert and one food is whatever, if she's got my limit is like two or three choices that she's actively working mm-hmm. on or a snack is I cut it off because otherwise it goes to waste. Yeah. And I'm like, honey. And I tell her why I, I tell her, I'm like, Hey, if you want to eat those things later, that's fine. Or if you are still hungry, not, not, Oh, eat your banana and then I'll give you right. so-and-so, but Hey, can you finish your banana? Cause your banana is what you're eating right now. After you finish that, if you're still hungry, then yes, I'll give you so-and-so. But right now you have a banana out and if you don't eat it, it's going to go to waste. So if you don't want to eat it, that's fine. And and food does go to waste with intuitive eating with children and that's okay. Yeah. Um, yes. It's better than them to eat it. But what I'm saying is you can still encourage them to eat what's, um, what's for dinner or what's for lunch or what's for snack or what they've are, you know, they, they've got the the chips and the crackers and the cheese and whatever in front of them. And then they're like, Hey, can I have a cookie? It's like, Hey, 
this is what we have for snack right now. We'll have a cookie yes. later. That way it's not, uh, it takes the power or the, the draw, like they, they, it takes the panic, I guess, out of it for them. They know they're going to get the cookie right. so they can relax. Eat within front right. Of them. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Instead of just being like, Oh, I've got to eat it all right now. I mean, let's be real. We've all come home from the grocery store with a lot of good food and gone, I want to eat it all right now. <laughs> and honestly, sometimes we do, but you know what I mean? It's kind of like going, yeah. I guess reinforcing the food's going to be there. There's going to be meals right. to eat the food at. I mean, Lord willing, like, you know, I know there's people and especially right now with what's going on with the virus stuff that, you know, they don't have that food security. Like they don't have the knowledge, like I'm going to, there's going to be food in the pantry, you know, and that, that's so unfortunate. And I've thought about that many times, um, as I see people um, posting on social media about how good their food that they're cooking during their quarantine is and <laughs> shaming all the people who are like, well, I've got some ramen and that's about it, you know? <laughs> right. So it's wait, having that balance of, I, I guess, kind of realizing that if you have food in your pantry, you're blessed. <laughs> and exactly. Yeah. And that's part of the thankfulness that you're teaching your yes. children is like, Hey, we don't, we don't waste food because this is a blessing to have it. And we're not going to take a bite out of five things and yes. then throw all those five yes. things away. We're going to be thankful mm -hmm. for this, you know, yeah. and that's, that's part of the teaching exactly. process the thankful. of not, of not taking it yes, for granted because, that because you've got I abundance. feel like, that of course yes we live in a country that generally has plenty 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 of food i mean like i've heard of stories of people throwing away food but you know places throwing away food because it's not perfect enough or it you know like restaurants and grocery mm -hmm. stores and all of that and and right. i think that there's this thing that some of us have in our mind that if we're not being obsessive about our, the food quality just in general if we're not being obsessive about what we're feeding to our kids and we're not being obsessive about what we're feeding to ourselves, we don't care about our health enough. <laughs> if, right. we, if we really care about our health, then we're going to just, we're just going to be always thinking about it and always improving and always, and, and, and that, you know, that just uses up a lot of brain space. Like, yes, I make my own bone broth and I make my own, you know, little gummies for my kids to eat. Like I do a lot of my own cooking, but I'm, and, and I, yeah, I try to make it quality, good stuff, but I'm just saying that people tend to have this, you know, if I'm not obsessing constantly about and freaking out about what my kid's eating or what I'm eating, then I, I'm not really caring about my health enough. And that's just right. not true. Oh, it's not true. And it's often all a bunch of restrictions and no, it's no, you can't have this. No, we don't eat this. No, we don't eat gluten. No, we don't mm -hmm. do this because yes. of health, health, because of health. And then, you know, if you, you know, I was mentioning earlier that we don't really have that many studies or whatever around kids and eating, but the, the information that we do have about kids and eating, you know, there's the whole children's obesity epidemic and mm -hmm. children's diet. And the response is, well, we need to have extreme restriction for children. And what we need to teach children is we don't eat sugar mm -hmm. in this household. And what is we don't eat Cokes and that's bad. And we need to eat fruits and vegetables and, um, we're going to put pictures of Mickey mouse on the fruits and vegetables so that our children will want to eat them. <laughs> I and, saw that. <laughs> you know, that, that yeah. kind of, and I understand where they're coming from because yes, it is really sad to see like a eight year old have a heart attack mm -hmm. because they, they're, um, eating, you know, I, I mean, I don't even know how much sugar a day yeah, or, yeah. or what, what 
have you. But the, the key, in my opinion, to having a healthy child is not to teach them how to be restrictive. Mm-hmm. It's to teach them, here's an abundance of pretty nutrient dense foods. Cause that's what we have in this household. And you are free to eat whenever you're hungry. As long as you ask mom, you know, don't, don't go, uh, raiding the pantry without asking me because I might've saved something for later yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Um, just teaching them that there's freedom that you can be relaxed about food and that like that they're going to absorb so much more about health and like, and, and maybe they're, they're probably not even thinking about it, but like, Hmm, why are we having so many vegetables on our plates at dinner time? Or why do we have fresh fruit smoothies? Like it's just what we do because it makes our bodies feel good. It helps us grow. Like you don't have to talk about it. You don't have to tell your kids, this is the good food and this is the bad food. And this is, this is the food that's going to give you diabetes. And this is the food that's going to make you grow strong and healthy. Mm-hmm. Like you just, you just offer food, which is generally healthy. If you're into that sort of thing, like we are, and they're naturally, whenever there's a completely relaxed atmosphere around food and whenever most of it is really nutrient dense, their bodies are going to crave things that are going to help them. Yes. Grow. Absolutely. And you know, help them. Yeah, help. absolutely. Yeah. And that's, and that's what you, in the end, you get a um, competent, confident eater. And that's what the, yeah. I, I think th- I would argue that equipping your kid to be a confident, competent eater with self-regulation abilities and being able to listen and know if they're hungry or full. Um, right. I would argue that that is one of the most important things I can think of others, but that's one of those top, maybe top five things to send your kids into the world with, because think of how big the, like the diet industry is like, you know, the weight watchers and all the, like how big that Mm -hmm. is and how much brain cells it takes up in your brain and, and just how big that whole, um, all of those scammy weird weight loss and fitness stuff. That's just so damaging to men and women uh, for their life, like for their whole life. I've talked to people who've been on a diet since they were like literally still on a diet. They've been on a diet since they were like eight years old. And that's just sad. Yeah, Like that just, I don't want that for anybody, you know? Right. Right. And it creates a ton of, and then, and then it, then it spirals out. I mean, who has food issues who doesn't have body image issues? not very many. It's usually tied up. And so you're, you're not to say that this is a guaranteed, you know, recipe for success and you, yeah. your child will never have a problem with food, but it, you're, you are setting your child up for success yes. Yes. by, by not burdening them with all of the stuff that burdens you. Like, why would you burden your child with, all the anxiety mm-hmm. around food and the the complications. I mean, think about how complicated all the rules yes. are and you can have this at this time. And like, why can't you have candy for breakfast? <laughs> why can't you like, who says, or and it's like, well, because it'll be the blood to eat after seven. Exactly. Or turn into a unicorn. Like, I don't know. It's just I know, exactly. It's exactly. And what you were saying, it's, it's very true. It's like, it, we're not necessarily saying follow this formula and it will make your kid like be a magical, perfect, normal eater, which is the goal, normal eater. But it's basically like, let's give them the tools to be one and not put any unnecessary 
you know, uh, necessary baggage burdens. and burdens because they could get yeah. into, I mean, I've heard of people, you know, they, they get into more of the disordered stuff when they leave home or whatever, but, but you can at right. least, you know, give them, don't put any more baggage on them than is already put on them by society, you know? So, exactly. Yeah. Yes. And, and, you know, and, and, and letting them just, and, and plus as a side effect kind of bonus of all of the good stuff going on in their heart and mind, their bodies are going to be nourished because their bodies really do know what's best. Like I wanted to give as an example, just, just because it can be shocking and kind of scary when you see your child eating so much of one mm-hmm. thing, like, um, last year, Eleanor was, was suddenly just really lethargic and she was complaining about all her joints hurting. And I think she was having growing uh-huh. pains and she started craving salt that day. I have a uh, Celtic sea oh, salt at yeah. the time, um, which has a lot of minerals in it. It's, it's not the same. It's totally different animal than say table salt, like mm-hmm. iodized Morton mm-hmm. salt. I wouldn't give my child, you know, mountains yeah. of of Morton salt because it doesn't have the necessary balance of minerals to even it out anyway yeah. yeah and so she asked for salt all day long and and I was really tempted I was I was getting nervous I was like what if she like goes into a coma <laughs> or something of all this salt but she probably ate like a tablespoon and a half to two tablespoons of salt by the uh-huh. end of the day and then um, say around the afternoon, suddenly stopped craving salt, was not interested anymore and was energy levels completely back to normal. I asked her if she was hurting anywhere. She said, no, it's like she needed those minerals mm-hmm. in a, in a high amount, in a, in a quick amount of time. And then she was good. And so you're, whenever you're letting your child's, um, body dictate, it's going to custom match their food selections to whatever they're growing at yes. the time. You yes, know? definitely. Yep. Um, my daughter was obsessed for a long time with sardines and she would eat like, I think I, I may have um, told you about this, but she, we made her a birthday cake for her first birthday that had like, you know, a little whipped cream mm-hmm. on it. And it was really cute. She didn't want it. She did not even, she was like, and then after the party, she, I offered her some sardines and she ate the entire can. And I'm like, okay (laughs) but it was just it was just just funny like now she would definitely be like oh I know what cake is I want some cake but at the time she was just like "Uh, I want this and you know with the sardines in particular she will she'll sometimes you know be really into them and then other times she's like doesn't eat it and and that's okay because you you give the you know when you're being intuitive and teaching them to be intuitive they will like you said pick what they need and the salt is that's a great example because there's a lot of bone building (laughs) bone promoting um i forget what the name of that um cell that makes new bone i'm gonna not say it because i would mess up the pronunciation but uh, maybe (laughs) osteoblasts i think that's one of the terms but all of those um the bone building cells they need the minerals because they have an actual electromagnetic um electronic uh ions in them because it's like people think of minerals as just like, Ooh, this is stodgy old minerals, but they actually can conduct electricity. It's very oh, wow. interesting because your muscles, when they're firing, it's a, um, there's kind of an electromagnetic thing. You know, if you've ever seen someone with a tens unit and you're someone sticking it on the muscle, it causes this elect- electro magnetic, you know, little 
um, pulses through the muscle. And right. so that's probably that that's a rabbit trail, but it was basically the bones. They, they need those um, minerals to synthesize new bone cells to grow. See, I could have said all of that. I, I could have said all of that in one sentence, but I just, no, no, no. But I, I think it's fascinating that you said that because see, I didn't know any of that. All I knew is that my child was asking for a lot of Celtic mm-hmm. sea salt and without having any of the science behind it, without having any, whatever, I was just like, okay, I trust you. You can have it. And that, and it, and it, and it had a scientific meaning yep. behind it, you know, mm-hmm. like it, it's, it's, you're basically, you know, the whole intuitive eating message is your body, whenever it's in a balanced, relaxed, normal state with food can be trusted to make good food choices. And your child can too, if you don't kind of impose, um, your own baggage or rules or fears onto them and, and, um, kind of interfere with the yeah, process. You yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah. Did you have anything else you wanted to add from Roxana or, or this one? I don't think so. I think that, Oh, we, we should link. I think you said that there is a um, post that Lily Nichols did about, um, that was really good post a couple months ago about babies starting off babies eating to appetite. We need to link that for people yes. because that was yes. just super cool. Cause she explains how babies are born to be yes. trusting and following their signals. And then it's kind of trained out of them by all of our nice modern conventions, you know? So, <laughs> right. Well, it's, you know, our whole society is obsessed with um, standardizing everything and everybody. Yes, yes. And, and, oh, well, everybody should get this many hours of sleep and eat this many calories. And, and if you're this height, then you should be this weight. And, you know, and, and it never works like that in real life and trying to kind of impose that on a, on a baby or a child, like, oh, well, you've had plenty of salt today. Why are you, why are you eating so much? It's like, they don't, they don't operate in nice, neat little compartments. Um, you know, yes. as you, anybody with a toddler will know. Yes, exactly. They don't really, <laughs> they don't really operate in, um, in compartments. They kind of are just a little bit all over the place, it seems, but it really is. I feel like that toddlers are so intuitive, even though it looks crazy to us it's oftentimes just very intuitive to them. (laughs) Uh, I think I lost her there. But yeah, recording from home with the coronavirus can make things interesting. (laughs) Did you lose in my back yet? Yeah, you're good. I was just talking about, um, I think you were saying about how toddlers are kind of, they kind of seem crazy and not, (laughs) you know, they, they don't seem like it's making sense, but really they're, being intuitive and their bodies right. are growing. That's the other thing is their bodies are growing so fast and they're learning so many new skills. And, you know, like we were talking about both of our um, babies are having, you know, major milestone. Well, Jack's having more than Ethan is. It sounds like <laughs> the milestones <laughs> that they're, you know, and uh, that they're reaching. And it's just like their brain is just on overdrive and your brain. Okay. Interesting that I learned that your brain actually, needs quite a bit of calories and fat and everything to function optimally. So it would follow that if your child is going through a developmental leap, uh, that they will need extra food. Right. Um, So that's just interesting to me because it, the brain actually is, you know, it's also a glucose hog. Your brain actually needs glucose to. So maybe there is a reason for the, the sugar craving sometimes because it doesn't like, like it doesn't, it's, it's not linear. Sometimes Eleanor will be like, 
really wanting all the carbs mm-hmm. or sometimes they'll really be wanting all the fat. Mm-hmm. And like we went to a birthday party a few weeks ago and she got a nice big piece. Cause I don't do like, here's your tiny little baby size portion right. of, you know, this is all the cake you get. Like I give her a piece like my size and sometimes people comment and I just completely ignore them. Yep. And sometimes people comment to her and she completely ignores them. Yep. And, and she ate like some of the cake and some of the ice cream. And then she got distracted and wanted to go play and was not interested and she left it. So yep. just, it can be trusted. It does work. Um, and I wanted to mention too, that you can either leave a comment on this, um, episodes post on our website or email us through the website. If you have any questions about, you know, more about this. Cause like, mm-hmm. like I said, it was, I, I felt like I was flying blind at the beginning. Yeah. Um, oh, I, was, I was still trying to figure out my own food issues and trying to learn how to help a child. So, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so definitely, yeah, us. definitely. We, we'd be happy to continue the conversation because this is just, it's kind of different when you come at it from this angle and it can, it can feel like you're flying blind and not quite sure. Like what? <laughs> yes. You mean I'm yes. supposed to let my child eat what they would like to eat in the amount that they would like to eat? It? Oh, I've had people, I mean, people, people kind of think I'm crazy for it. And they're like, you're going to let her not eat her dinner, you know? And I'm like, sure. If she's not hungry, that's fine. Or she'll be eating, um, you know, a bunch of the chips and not the main meal and, and the other kid at the end down at the end of the table is being bribed, you know, every bite that they take, they get a chip and, mm-hmm. Oh, you've had enough and you can't have this. And and I just, I don't operate like that. And it is countercultural. So if you need some support or ideas, or whatever, we're here. Um, yeah. and we're all also very open to ideas because we're, we're still we're, figuring it out too. So. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, definitely. It's, it's countercultural kind of like the rest of my life. <laughs> I was just exactly. thinking about that. Like it's, a lot of what I do anyway is kind of countercultural. So it just, it just adds exactly. into the mix. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, do you have anything else? No, no. All right, cool. That's it. Well, great. Thanks for listening y'all. And we will uh, see you next time. Bye. Thanks. Bye. check us out on Instagram. We're at instagram.com forward slash diet detox. We'll see you next time.